You know, the red pill takes you down the rabbit the rabbit hole and the blue pill makes you just forget about everything and go back to the you know frustrated way of living okay guys welcome back to the Grand America show uh, we're gonna be chatting with Forrest Neal a little bit later. Uh, we kind of bumped into him through the John Anthony West telethon. We kind of crossed paths with him and we're back and forth with some emails and we ended up just eventually deciding to have him on the show. Great chat. Yeah, it turned out to be a great chat. Those are the ones that usually do. Um, so yeah, it's a good one. Another late night in the igloo. We got our buddy Felix here. As you all know, the King of Jingles is going to join us for a little bit and promo the Black Budget a little bit. And first, and then, as do always, you want to mention a little bit about uh, we'll get into okay, it after ahead. I introduce you okay, as late night Grambo. He's not going to get home till like one in the morning. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, but this was a great chat. I get you about... a blankie, you could sleep on the floor of the igloo. Yeah, no, that would save you like no, two no, hours. No, no, but no. now that now that you're married, you can't. No. You didn't come home last night. Sure, no, you slept yeah. at the igloo yeah. on the dirty floor. Oh, this was a great chat about uh, guys' personal experience, experience with uh, meditation me- and and you know and medication, medication leading yeah. to meditation and teaching meditation and, it's, and it was meditation fantastic. replacing medication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. So awesome. Yeah, it's a great chat. Big thanks to Forrest for coming on. And uh, of course, like I said, we did have we do have Felix here. He's going to promo. We're doing our second trivia contest. We did the first one. Of course, there's probably only. There's a very few, less than 1% of you guys out there listening that uh, know what that is. So we figured we'd have Felix on and try and pump that a little bit. Of course, to get a hold of that, you need to go over to grimerica.ca slash support and sign up for a one-time donation or a monthly donation. And uh, yeah, do that. You'll get access to the Black Budget feed. I think we just published like the 16th or 17th episode in there. And we're going to be recording the second game two of the trivia contest since we beat uh, cruising with steak and they haven't stopped bitching about it. So we decided we would make it best of three. You know, we're going to really spank him this time. Yeah. No more fucking around this time. No we're more, just going to fucking no more taking it easy on these Yankees. And once fucking Michael finds a co-host, we'll challenge them as well. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have people lined up to challenge. So we have to win. Yeah. Well, actually, even if we lose, we're still taking on the, <laughs> the next people. So yeah, but the black budget helps, uh, or the do- donations help. We don't want to go to ads here, right? We don't want to do no. Like, we don't want to do ads. Like that we don't want to do paywalls. Yeah. We just want to keep on chugging along with our vow of poverty, 
and uh, hope that you know if you guys keep coming along, a few few more people every month seem to be jumping on board as they catch up with the extra content and the extra content is building up. I mean, there is a bunch of people who steal it, but that's okay too. I'm sure they have their reasons. It's okay to steal bread to feed your starving family. <laughs> so anyway, we do have the one and only Felix Trebek here, also known as the King of Jingles. And uh, he's I think he's had the outro music for the last, like, what, three months, four months? You're much pretty much just the outro music guy now. Which is easier because it makes me less likely, us less likely to get in trouble down the road. Like I give you guys permission for the songs, right? That's right. I have, I saved an email someplace. You got proof? I got proof. Yes. I wanted to talk about the Leopardy part two. Uh, Like you said, this is best two out of three. It turned into you guys versus cruising with steak. Did Uh, you you get package yet? I did not. I thought that would be coming sometime today. He doesn't believe me now. I bet he doesn't believe me. Nobody does. He's going to get the dose. So this is what happened. I sent him the, I felt bad because I just couldn't find the other one anywhere. And I had actually hoped that I'd sent it and he was just going to show up at his house. So I packed up another one. I put extra stuff in it. Mailed it. Next day I cleaned my truck. It's on the floor. So I just mailed it too. Did you put, uh, did you put some belly button lint in there? Better. It's a surprise. Better. Yeah. Do you, uh, have, like, those, do you have like one of those black light things? Black light uh, to like you know, like the see. CSI body no. fluid detector thing. <laughs> no. Is that there's a secret message? Oh, okay. All right, sounds good. So yeah, part uh, best two out of three for uh, Leopardy. So again, uh, somehow, some way, you guys roped me into to doing the trivia for you guys. So I kind of. I'll curate the questions for you guys. And a lot of times I try to think like, is this a question someone would be able to answer? Uh, it's you guys, would you guys be able to answer these questions? So I, I curate the questions, right? There's going to be, I'm pulling out all the stops. There might be some different types of topics that we talk or that you guys have to answer. Might be a little bit of mathematics in this one. So Ooh, you might like have to my, get a pow, pow. You I might like have to get math. some pencil and paper out, that kind of thing. Beauty. I'm, and, uh, I'm interested to see how this is going to evolve. And I don't know if you want to, would you want to sample kind of our, uh, our brain? Uh, what's this little interlude song that we play for? Do you have that on hand at all? I could test out with like a, a little quick question with you guys. Just kind of warm yeah, you guys yeah, up. Like you guys ready? Yeah. Random. Ready. This is completely random. This is for Graham. Okay. What was the first animated film nominated for? The Academy Academy Award as Best Picture. I'll read it again. What was the first animated film nominated for the Academy Award as Best Picture? Toy Story. Jesus. You got the music to cue the music? I do. You better not have been looking that up. I wasn't. I was trying to find the music because I realized it wasn't on the jingle board. And the file's kind of big, so I'm now I'm stalling. Oh. Let me see. I could just give you the answer and then do another no, one. No, no, here it comes. I gotta pretend like you're thinking. Not Googling. You're not supposed to be Googling. All right, you already answered it. <laughs> Rongo, answer is Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Does it you're say actually- here? Does it say uh, 
I'm guessing it's like early 90s. Yeah, maybe. It That's doesn't actually, say the year. You were way closer than I expected. Yeah. Well, you thought it was going to be way back? Way in the 40s. Yeah, no. Like, no, fuck. Yeah, like some of those. Animated actually, films weren't winning awards back then. Yeah, I guess not. I don't All right, here's that. a random one. Random one for Darren. Uh, well, this is too easy. I'm not going to do that one. No, pick another random one. For what sport is the Iroquois Cup awarded? <laughs> Can I guess? The answer is lacrosse. Oh, you got it. Nice. I would have got that. Too. There's a little taste of how the leopardy tends to go. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have known that. I got, I, I knew well, that. I'm an Indian. I should I know. know. Yeah. Well, we play a lot of lacrosse up here. We all growing up playing hockey and lacrosse. All right. Yeah. That's a, little, that's a little taste of it. And then the cruising mistake guys would go wrong and they would get it wrong. I was going to say scal- scalp hunting or something like that, but. That's pretty racist. <laughs> we have a couple other little side side rules that we do for, um, for Leopardy, which you, you have to tune in to kind of find them out. And then I figured, you know, a lot of your guys' black budget uh, uh, content is, is kind of on the serious side. So I thought this is, this would be kind of uh, something to lighten up the, the mood in there, you know, trivia, you guys having fun testing your, your brains. Absolutely. It turned out great. And it was a blast to record. We had some pretty good feedback on it. We've got some challenges out of it. So I think it'll be a fun evolution. We'll keep it going. Of course, this episode is going to come out on Friday. So, and then people so, hear about it. We're, we're doing this Sunday, right? Yeah. So by the Sunday, by, by, like right around the time you're finishing this episode up, you could be listening to Leopardy part one and two. Yeah. That's back to back. Yeah. Not to mention, there's also some videos to go along with these, some private YouTube videos that you get the URL for as well. So you can watch the videos or listen to it. Huh. And uh, all for whatever, you know, head over to grindmarket.ca slash support. For any sign donation. Sign up for monthly, any, any monthly, any one time donation. And we'll send you the link and you can get in on some trivia. It's a fun one. You can be answering along. Do you course, send the link out on weekends? When we play Michael, we're probably going to lose because Michael said he answered every question correctly. <laughs> so we got to watch out for him. He's a sleeper. I tend to exaggerate, though. <laughs> I'm As we're about... reading questions, you're like, uh, you're yelling at your phone yeah. with the answers. You're fucking kind idiots. Of <laughs> How do you not know this one? Well, Michael can be our call of friend this time, maybe. That's gonna, right. We could probably, or do we keep, do we have to keep failed? No, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, like, like a designated. Now. Yeah, he is. He is in camp now. So he'd be hitting miss. Last time he was updating his fucking phone when yeah. we needed him. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh. So one other thing, you gotta you gotta uh, put a leash on James Nation if he's in the studio next time. This he's, is a little. He's uh, heading to fucking Mexico for a while, so we'll be okay. All right. And the other thing that I wanted to promo, I had a promo and a gimmick I had for you guys. That's Uh-oh. okay. I don't know anything about this, so this could go anywhere. The promo is for a new little mini album I put out. It's called Two Sweet Ones. Two little sweet songs. They're kind of sentimental. Uh, instruments you'll find on that are like acoustic guitar, tambourine. There's some uh, harmonica. I also bought a a reed organ from like 1960 from a thrift shop. Not from the, I didn't buy it in the year 1960. I bought it now. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> And it's uh, it's just like a reed organ, so you'll find that I, it's only two songs, but they took me forever to kind of master, just because the, you know, sometimes if you record something bad, you have to really work to like make it sound good. 
So I didn't record him the best, maybe one of the songs I didn't record the best, but then I really worked at really mixing it really well. Um, but right now with my mixing and mastering skills, I'm really getting into a level where I'm actually getting really good at it. I kind of passed the threshold recently where nice. I'm able to really, really mix things a lot better. We'll throw one down for an outro. Yeah, that's it's what good, I thought we could do. Good music to make love to. Something like that. So it's called Two Sweet Ones. And again, you can find that at uh, sirfelix.bandcamp.com. That's sirfelix, S-I-R-F-E-L-I-X.bandcamp.com. Uh, and again, those are up there for, you know, you can buy them uh, so I can add them to my little pile of money uh, that I have. And uh, <laughs> I think uh, we're, we're that link is in the, all the show notes. Every, every it's always week, in the show so, notes. Yeah. So as now, yeah. I've we made permanent the link to the primary Christmas video. Yeah. Forever. Yep. That Christmas all, all year round. Notes. That's right. Every uh, well, our model kind of hopes that uh, people have the spirit of Christmas all year round. So <laughs> we'll keep the primary Christmas jingle going all year round and hope that. Uh, <laughs> You know that you guys can head over to grandmarket.ca slash support, get the extra content, get the leopardy, fucking rock on, baby. So again, yeah, uh, buy, buy my songs at sirfelix.bandcamp. The two sweet ones, they might make you cry. They might make you float. They might make you wow. something. And then when you buy Felix's music, he gets in, 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 uh, motivated to make us some great jingles. Yeah, Got it. And then I had another little gimmick here quick. Last time I played the ocarina for you guys. This time I have an ocarina, but I have a better ocarina. Well, you could eat spam with that. With the ocarina? That will, Graham wants to eat spam with a nose flute. That work work out well for you? That was, it was okay. It was teriyaki spam. With the nose flute? Yep. The nose flute is now that? in the garbage. We have spoons now. But there was nothing in the studio. That was the only thing. <laughs> that was back when we only had like two supporters. We couldn't afford spoons. <laughs> but you could afford uh, nose flutes? Well, we still have spam. <laughs> From listeners in Hawaii. We have Hawaiian to pile spam. through that spam by September. I, I'm pretty hungry right now. We have to have a barbecue. So I got a little number. There's a. I can read a little backstory about the song after I play it, but I just thought I'd play it. It's a little quick little ditty. It's an English folk song called Country Gardens. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> There's a kind of funny little backstory. I kind of I read about it, and I thought I'd uh, fill you guys in so you can have something to go along with the song. What do you think about that? Sounds fucking lovely. Go for it, buddy. All right, don't uh, turn your turn your guys' mics down so you can so you can hear me, but don't mess things up. All right, here we go. It's called Country Gardens. It's a real quick one. Here we go. Jingle. 
I meant this one. Oh, you wake up the baby. You woke up the baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's a clay ocarina, so it's got a little bit of better uh, sound to it. Yeah, it um, sounds good. I like it. Yeah, really nice. Thank you. Uh, on the first of the year, I played uh, my plastic ocarina at a recital for some senior citizens. And what happens is that it's plastic and, and the condensa- condensation builds up in it real easy. So you can't hit the high notes. Some of the notes you're not able to hit. Yeah. So I play. I played for these senior citizens, and I couldn't hit any of the high notes, and so it would just like squeak because it was really warm in this room we play or I played in. Uh, but this one, I it, I think it absorbs the condensation a lot better. Hmm. So I I can. It sounded hit, like hit. I was in a medieval fair. Play, I felt okay. like I was in yeah, like, be a good uh, one medieval like, fair, dancing around with yeah. ribbons and stuff, and like night, you, you know knights, and, knights in shining armor. <laughs> There's knights and sh- with shining armor everywhere, and Graham's dancing around with ribbons. Chainmail. Lived in a Monty Python film. Yeah. yeah. Dancing around Chainmail. with ribbons. Yeah. Right, right real on. quick. This is real quick. This is kind of a longer uh, little write up, but I, I thought I'd read it so you can have something to go with the song. Oh yeah, time? that's right. Absolutely, we do. No, you can stick around. We'll jump into the other stuff too. You stick around for the whole thing if you want. Sure. Or you I'm can hang read this or go to sleep. Okay, he's going to read done. it right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hey, you guys ready? Okay. All right, so uh, beloved of Morris dancers and school orchestras, Country Gardens is an English folk tune collected by Ralph Vaughn Williams' friend, the musicologist Cecil Sharp. Australian composer Percy Granger famously arranged it for piano in 1918, and the best-known version with the lyrics sung was by Jimmy Rogers as English Country Garden which reached number five on the UK singles chart in 1962. All right, this is where it gets into the good stuff here. Uh, George Percy Granger, and it shows when he was born and and when he died. He died in 1961. He was born in 1882. Yeah, it's a long life. Was an Australian-born composer and pianist who worked under the stage name of Percy Aldridge Granger. A striking-looking lad with blue eyes and brilliant orange hair, Granger gave his first public performance on the piano at the age of 12. And critics hailed him as a prodigy. Granger and his domineering and possessive mother, with whom he had a very close relationship, moved to London in 1901. Encouraged by his friend Edvard Grieg, he took an interest in English folk music and with the help of a wax cylinder recorder, persuaded the locals to sing their rural songs for him, which he proceeded to arrange. This is the good stuff here. Granger moved to the United States at the outbreak of World War I in 1914 due to pressure to enlist in the military and lived there for the rest of his life. Whilst there, he arranged the English folk song Country Gardens, the one that I played, as a birthday gift for his beloved mother. It became his biggest success, selling more than 40,000 copies a year in the U.S. alone. By 1925, Granger was extremely rich and wildly famous. Wildly famous, it says. He was earning $5,000 a week for performances and charging up to $200 an hour for a lesson a lot of money in those days. But Granger came to loathe this tune, so he didn't like playing, hearing it. You know, It's kind of like Piano Man for... Uh, yeah, I know some uh, buddies who have songs like that. That they just get sick of playing them. Yeah. You know? It's like Piano Man and uh, Billy Joel probably hates playing Piano Man kind of thing, right? Uh, but he, but uh, Granger came to loathe this tune, which had become his calling card. At one concert, after he had already given numerous encores, he said... I have to play country gardens or they won't go home. He did and they did. So they went home. 
Granger was renowned for his physical stamina. This is the one last good part. And then uh, on to your guys' next segments, right? Uh, Granger was renowned for his physical stamina and was known as the jogging, jogging pianist for his Ooh, habit of racing for more than that. Something sexual. <laughs> what's a P, what's a P word for stamina? Uh, prolonged, the prolonged, the, the persistent, persistent pianist <laughs> for it. For his habit of racing through the streets to a concert where he would bound on stage at the last minute as he preferred to be in a state of utter exhaustion when playing. While on tour, he sometimes walked from venue to venue. Once after a concert in South Africa, he walked 65 miles to the next, arriving late, still wearing his gym shoes. There you have it. The more you know. What was that? Pretty. <laughs> I, I missed that. Was that you? Your ribbon song? <laughs> Pretty interesting life. This George Percy Granger. Sounds yeah, I like that. Yeah. Jogging pianist. The, the persistent pianist. Persistent yeah, so once again, pianist. Penis. I might pop. I might pop off after a while, but again, sirfelix.bandcamp.com and go check out two sweet ones. One other thing about that, uh, I did the the album art for that. Uh, and but James Cruz from Cruising with Steak, he's really good with typography. So you guys know what typography is, right? Yep. Is that like copying and pasting letters on top of pictures? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a there's an art form to it though. There is. And James like you want, Yeah, you want to be able to see like the letters over the top of the the picture. So he did that for me as like a favor because I've made a ton of jingles for them. So. He made uh, or he did the typography for me, so it actually looks pretty good. If you go check it out, check out the album art. You can look at the album art and listen to the music simultaneous. The struggle is real. Sometimes I'm trying to line up the stamp so you could read the date and the episode number, and then I just say fuck. Sometimes it. you forget about changing the number on the stamp. One time that happened. One time. Yeah, just recently, I was all <laughs> the stamp didn't match the notes. This is the first time. Two seventy one. Two seventy one. Two seventy one. We haven't even got again. to two seventy one yet. <laughs> He's 261. <laughs> it was 261. Yeah. Well, 261 came out before 262. Yeah, I know. I was all confused. I put the did it on Instagram. I'm like, how was this episode before the other uh, one? Yeah, a couple strange things happened uh, there. Bingo, bango. Easter eggs. Down in Graham, going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. All right, I got a couple FBI memos. Oh boy! So yeah. we just went from CIA memos. No, no, no. This FBI is part memos. of my quote. It's a, it's a, it's in the quote. The unidentified craft appeared to take efficient, controlled, evasive action. That was an FBI memo describing the chase of a UFO over the North Sea in 1947. Ooh, Roswell. And then this one is Army Intelligence has recently said that the matter of unidentified aircraft or unidentified aerial phenomena, other no, otherwise known as flying discs, flying saucers, and balls of fire, is considered top secret by intelligence officers of both the Army and the Air Forces. And, and that was an ball, FBI. Is that what the song Great Balls of Fire was written about, you think? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Eh? That was an FBI memo on UFOs in 1949. Oh. Huh. 
When was that song wrong? Hey Google, when was Great Balls of Fire, Great Balls of Fire written? Probably 1951. 1957. Ooh, According both. to Wikipedia, Great Balls of Fire is a 1957 okay, popular stop. song hey, Google, recorded stop. by Jerry Lee. Stop, stop, stop. That's the first time that little gimmick actually worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Felix coming. I was like, that was fast. Yeah, no, that was not bad. Eh? Felix was pretty close, though. Six years. Six years, yeah. That's nothing in geological sense. Eternity. We're child. talking about the constellations for hours. Oh yeah, yeah, that went long. <laughs> Poor Felix is just fucking waiting. Oh bad. Thanks for staying Napping around, buddy. That was good. We got anything else still to jump into? Uh, I got a couple of listener emails. If you do, want to just I do think. one. We are going to keep this one a little bit shorter. It is fucking the middle of the night. Um, sure. Here we go. This is uh, just a. Sort of a spam gram. Hey guys, I've been listening for about six to eight months now and I'm hooked. I can't get enough. The banter, the discussion, the amazingly slight contrast between the two of you, all of it. Great guests and superb content. Keep it up, guys. We love it. I found this lady while surfing through YouTube who goes by Susan Humphreys. She sounds quite educated and up-to-date on the vaccines topic, and I've only gone through some of her stuff, but so far she seems legit, maybe worth a gander from you two. Once again, I want to thank you both for you and your work. You have, been a great, you have a great approach to some very touchy subjects, and you don't go out on limbs too much without doing your homework. I have, haven't supported monetarily yet, but I try to... Sp- Spread the word to the people I'm around. Much love and thanks. That's from Leon in Loveland. Right on. Thanks, Leon from Loveland. I actually have Susan Humphrey's book. Yeah, good yeah, job. I think I tried to get her on the show, but she didn't answer. That happens sometimes. When you're trying to be taken seriously and someone contacts you with a logo that's a Moai smoking a joint, sometimes you just ignore it. But a lot of times you don't. At least 265 times and counting anyway. That's right. I will jump into this real quick before we sign off. We got uh, a nice postcard, an Eclipse postcard in today. Nice. From Nikki the Dude. With a nice donation. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. He sends postcards every few months. It's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Of course, Nikki won the iPad and the Money Bomb at one time. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we were making even less money than we made, but then we, that was only before we were paying the bills. For sure, we were. Paying, you thought, you thought. We were paying like twenty five percent of the bills, and then we give half the money away. So then we were only paying like twelve percent of the bills. <laughs> yeah. Now we. And you pay guys thought like he was all the you thought he was almost. a girl. Yeah, almost. And we thought he was a girl. Yeah, that's the whole. That was the whole thing. As we went into the whole thing, recording the intro, thinking he's a girl, and then a dude answers. We're like, "Is Nikki there? <laughs> this is Nikki." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here it goes. Darren and Graham, I hope this finds you. I hope this finds all well. 2018 Grimerican meetup is a thing. I remember Randall saying y'all have a stone circle. Summer solstice meetup there? I've been a fan from the first listen, but y'all really hitting a great stride. Keep on talking. Your humble Grimerican, Nikki B. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Nikki. Always nice to get something in the P.O. box. Yep. It is. We will be getting a rocket soon. I can't wait. That's all Synchro on grimerica.ca slash contact. 
Yep, it's all there. Big thanks to fucking Mac. I can't remember. We must already thanks Mac for saying, sending the, uh, the A plus grade A socks. Really giblets. He sent you giblets. Yeah, he sent us some dirty socks to help get us through Christmas. And it was grade A socks. They kept me nice and warm. Thanks, Mac. I can't remember if I thanked him or not yet, so I figured I better throw that out there. So I think that's about it, guys. It is the middle of the night over here in the igloo. So, uh, yeah, enjoy this chat with Forrest Neal. It's a great one. And, uh, yeah, check out his work. He's like, this is one of those guys, this is probably his first, one of his first few interviews, so he doesn't have a lot of big following yet. So make sure you guys go out there and... Uh, let them know you heard them and let them know to keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, and you and you, uh, this inspired you to start meditating a little I bit. I haven't more, started I think. yet. I know, but you were pretty inspired after this. It, it inspired interview. me to so talk maybe... about it. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I think we'll get there one day. Right on. All right, guys, enjoy the chat. Forrest Neal here. He's a best-selling author, a speaker, a volunteer meditation coach at the Meditation Center of Alabama. Uh, he's been collaborating with uh, professionals in the medical community, doing uni- um, lectures at universities, and he's written a couple books, and he's really sort of tying this whole thing together, um, you know, the benefits of meditation. I wanted to actually read the book title, The Power of Meditation, uh, Zen Guide to Relieving Stress and Living a Peaceful Life. I feel like this is a really important topic and it's always good to talk about it. No matter how much I learn about it, I, I can't really articulate um, the benefits of meditation. So it'd be good to hear some more of this. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks again so much, guys. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, presenting some, some pretty cool information to you guys. Yeah, well, that's cool. We decided to do video and we'll have a chat with you first and we'll ask a few questions and then we can get into your presentation. So, Darren, what do you want to start off with here? A um, little bit of background on the meditation, how we got into meditation, stuff like that? Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good spot. All righty. All right. So, I got into meditation. It's a bit of a story, but I'm going to uh, make it a little speedy for you guys. <clears throat> I was uh, diagnosed with ADHD. Uh, when I was seven and at 17, and I was prescribed a lot of medications to allow me to focus and, and relax while I'm in class instead of being like a hyperactive kid. So throughout my life, 
I have been, you know, taking these ADHD medications. I've been taking, you know, the most popular ones like um, Adderall and Vyvanse and, you know, any any ones that you can name, I guarantee I've tried it. Um, and I've taken, you know, the highest dosages. And at one point in time, I was actually prescribed the, the strongest ADHD medication and I was prescribed to take it three times a day. Is this, so, is this back in the nineties? Would you say or? Yes. Well, I j- I just turned uh, twenty three, so uh, I was first prescribed. I, I guess it would be like early two thousand, maybe okay, or okay, okay. two thousand one. Uh, so, but again, like I said, I was diagnosed again at seventeen. So. This is sort of you know I mean this is this is sort of happening you know now you know it's 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 something that a lot of people are dealing with right now, but so like I said I was prescribed the strongest medication and I was prescribed to take it three times a day, which when you take it three times a day breakfast lunch and dinner, you you don't feel like yourself I mean you obviously don't because you're on a drug. And, and for you to every day for several months at a time constantly be uh, in a uh, in an altered state of consciousness because of these uh, stimulants, it, it really takes a toll on your mental and physical health. I mean, I lost 40 pounds in four months uh, when I was in high school and I, I just mentally felt like I wasn't going anywhere with these drugs. You know, it, it seemed like they were almost like a superpower at first because I felt really good when I was taking them. But afterwards, the come down would just like it would it would make taking the medication almost like not even worth it because you're just so cranky and in a bad mood. And, and like I said, I'm dealing with this three times times a day, every day for months at a time. And uh, it just got to a point where I knew I needed to figure something out or else I would be hospitalized for for all of the side effects that I was experiencing with the medications. So I started looking into healthy and natural techniques that could help me uh, to support and replace eventually my ADHD medication use and that's whenever I met um, the the lead instructor here at the meditation center, and uh, I'll, I'll have a few slides to go over this a little bit more to show you guys. But uh, she, her name is Dr. Nina, and she's a psychiatrist, and she sort of specializes in helping people uh, in my circumstance where I'm like overprescribed and I'm looking for a way out. And she taught me meditation, and she taught me it in a way that allowed me to use it like a tool, just like someone would use the prescription drug to help them, you know, get out of whatever state of mind that they're in or to help them focus. She taught me how to use it in a way that I could at any moment decide how I wanted to feel and what I choose to focus on. And it's just an unbelievably powerful exercise with with so many practical uses, even in the modern world. You know, besides spiritual practice, 
there's so many more applications that it can be used for. And I hope to explore some of those uh, different applications in the presentation that I'll give you guys. Nice. Does that also talk, do you also talk about the different types of meditation uh, in that presentation? Um, for the most part, I give at the very end, I give a technique that I've personally used um, and that that I have uh, helped other people with. I'm the lead volunteer coordinator uh, at the meditation center. So I'm the person who introduces new people to meditation. And uh, and so I'll go over the uh, the practice that I use. And it's it's pretty general. It's not specific because meditation there's there's no one technique for everybody everybody's different so uh, what's like what do you yes, do you know i can what's your like what do you do to, to the person that's kind of brand new and maybe a, a little like hyperactive not hyperactive physically are so you, much are but you hyperactive are you not physically to but, yeah but mentally like i like, if, a, like if darren walked into the room <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is this. These are great questions. Um, you know, because you're essentially asking me to help somebody who is in my situation. Because I was that guy who you're talking about. Um, and and there's there's a great sort of routine that we follow at the meditation center where we we like to do a few exercises or a few stretches before meditation. And so usually we'll do something like yoga or qigong or something, you know, simple just for a few minutes, maybe five or 10, because what you will often discover when you're trying to relax is that there's something going on with your body that's preventing you from relaxing. Mm -hmm. Like there's a pain in your hip or your your jaw feels tense or something along those lines. So having a relaxed body is the beginning of having a relaxed mind. So I would first begin by uh, you know doing a few exercises with the person uh, and then I would go over a, a really cool facial massage technique that I use. I actually have special tools that I use uh, to perform this facial massage. And it's not necessary to have the tools. You can, you can use your hands to do it. But having a facial massage before meditation is another just great way to just calmly and relaxingly move into a, uh, a restful state of mind. Oh, you know, that's kind of like having a hot shower. Because whenever I have a shower, I'll sit there and just let the hot water kind of... I have a spot on the back of my neck, and then I'll, like, go right in my face and just... And it reminds me of the Monroe yes. Institute. Yeah. Like, back... Like, the Monroe Institute, all those famous, like, meditation CDs and the hemi sink and all that, they'd really get you to do that body... But I can't remember what it's called, the 10, 10 plus, or... Um, and they've been doing this for decades, where they get you to relax your body to the, to that level 10 or whatever, and then then your mind is like set for relaxation. 
Yes, it's it's really um, it's something that I do for every meditation. And you know, one thing about it is that once you have practiced meditation enough, you can sort of skip the exercises. But but especially for a beginner, I would say that that's that's definitely something that uh, that someone must do in order just in order to give yourself the best chance of having a relaxing experience. You know, go ahead and just do some stretches and then, you know, move into the meditation. The reason I asked about the different types of meditation is because we I've been trying different ones uh, recently and I participate in a, in a recovery group that uses Buddhist mindfulness techniques and stuff like that. And I find that, you know, there's all these different ones, but my go to seems to be back to like just the traditional Buddhist mindfulness, you know, watching your thoughts like clouds through the sky and that type of thing. And I wondered if you found that. Like, is that one of the types that you think is more powerful? Is there other things? Because, I mean, I hear the, all these other spiritual teachers talking about ways to incorporate breathing and building up your chi and getting your chi flowing and all this stuff. So that's kind of why yeah. I was asking about that. Because I, I, I'm trying all these different ones to try and figure out what works for, for me and my girlfriend as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, something very interesting. I actually went on a meditation retreat for uh, two weeks this this last summer and i was taught by a monk named venerable nicholas and this is for the dhammakaya tradition of buddhism and he has a phd but one of the very interesting things that he did was that he sort of gave us a personality test that was based on myers briggs and from the personality test he was able to uh, individually for each person give them a meditation technique such as focusing on breathing versus focusing on a mantra uh, ver- versus focusing on just simply observing what's going on around you. And it's different for everybody. So, and I'm going to talk a little about him uh, in this presentation, but, um, you know, I really think that. There are meditation techniques such as Vipassana, and that one's a pretty popular one that, you know, people talk about. But, you know, for beginners, I was told by Venerable Nicholas, and I I agree with it, that Vipassana is a high-level meditation that it's just – it's sort of difficult for a beginner to pick up. But what we like to do is just make it as simple as possible and just – relax as much as you can just focus on relaxing and then the meditation part comes in when you notice that you're no longer relaxing and that your mind has wandered off into different places maybe you are you know thinking about something that somebody said to you and it just like hurt your feelings or you know maybe there's a big project that you have to do in the future and it's just causing a lot of anxiety we just like to simplify the whole meditative process and just let that stuff go. But when you notice that your mind has wandered off and you've started to think about those things, the noticing part actually is an opportunity where you can make a new decision and begin uh, returning back to your relaxation practice. So that is, uh, that is in a nutshell what we try to do Um, just strengthen the ability to notice or to focus your attention so that you're aware when you're no longer 
focusing on what your original practice was, which in this case, it would be meditation. That's awesome. I like that yeah. idea. Because when I'm in when I'm in there at the beginning of a meditation, I'm trying to relax. I think I'm relaxing and I'm really not because you can always go deeper. I swear you can always go like just let everything go, breathe into it, the softer, deeper. There's a joke and in it, there, but I'll leave it on the table. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it, it, it really is weird. You think you're you think you're relaxing, but you can always get more relaxed. Or for me, anyways. absolutely. No, uh, maybe absolutely. That'll be like my New Year's resolution is I'll is I'll try it out. Well, that's I'm eager to I'm eager to start to take a look at this presentation. Okay, good. Let's do it. All right, very good. So we'll probably lose sight of you because we're gonna have to watch your screen. So too bad because you're a handsome fella. So wave goodbye. <laughs> we'll pop back on. With, with, See you later, guys. With a bit more forest before we uh, before we before we say goodbye. So maybe right. I'll change this screen up a little bit too. Bear with me, guys. My YouTube skills are slowly getting better, but they're not quite there yet. So we have the option of a full screen presentation, or we could do, let's do this one here. We'll do the little igloo oval on the bottom. Okay. All right. Let me know whenever you are ready to begin. I think, yeah, we're ready to rock. Ready, James? All right. Okay, so this is um, this is a powerful meditation technique that that we can all use in our daily lives. And I'm talking about people in the modern world. I'm talking about you know everyday people like you and me, where we're driving in our cars and. You know, occasionally somebody will cut us off and, and we will get really mad and we'll yell some words at them. These are meditation techniques that, that anybody can use. And, and these are meditation techniques that can, that, that can allow you to have a level of success with whatever you choose to focus your meditation on to an unbelievable level. Uh, this is... Um, you know what I would what I would like first for you to do is sort of just imagine the current situation in your life that is causing you the most stress and anxiety. And for most people, that is that's the workplace. You yep. know, because we have bosses or we have uh, you know clients that we have to deal with or you know whatever it is. For most people, it's the workplace, but it could also be. Uh, like if you're a parent and you're getting your children ready for school in the morning, I can. That's definitely a very stressful time. Or maybe when you're traveling on a uh, an airplane or on a boat, a lot of people experience anxiety, you know, during those moments. Uh, so, but what if you could find a way to spend less time in a stressful and an exhausted state of mind and more time in a positive and energetic state of mind. And that's essentially what meditation can provide for you in whatever situation that you choose to use it for. So in this uh, presentation, I'm gonna share with you guys a little bit of a background about uh, why meditation is important and, and, and how we can use it in the modern world. But 
I'm also going to be uh, sharing with you guys a few uh, different techniques that you could use at the very end uh, that will allow you, if you're a complete beginner, to start off on the right foot. Okay, perfect. All right, so this is just a, uh, a survey that was taken in 2011 by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, and they surveyed that the United States contains 5% of the world's population, but that we consume 75% of the world's prescription drugs. <clears throat> wow. That, that's that's an unbelievably staggering number. And this was in 2011, and it has most definitely increased by then. Um, there's, there's many more uh, surveys that were taken, but I just wanted to go ahead and uh, show you guys this one. But I, I was one of those people, you know, who was taking the prescription drugs. And, and I don't necessarily blame myself for being one of those people that, you know, takes prescription drugs because, you know, I, I didn't know what else to do. You know, I mean, at, at age seven, you know, I didn't really have a choice. I mean, my mom just took me to a doctor because my teacher said that I was a hyper kid and and my mom, you know, just listened to the doctor and have been taking medication, you know, basically since then. Um, but there are, you know, so many people who are like that and and meditation is something that uh, something that can very much help those people. People are experiencing a lot of anxiety, like maybe in class, and it's a there's a big movement right now of college students and high school students who are taking ADHD medications or other, um, yes, you know the, the smart drugs or you know whatever it is, and I think that. There's there's a much better way, you know. I, I I know there's a much better way, because I've personally experienced what it's like to be, you know, this guy on the screen where he's getting an F and and you know he's trying to figure out what he's supposed to do to solve the problem, and you know there might even be several people in the class who also are taking you know the ADHD meds. And they're telling him, you know, well, uh, you know, this is what I do, and it's it's pretty helpful to me. And I'm in no way saying that the ADHD meds don't work. I'm not saying that at all. They do work, but they almost work too well in a way that you begin to become mindless as yeah, to like the they, effects they're giving. Yeah, it's like they shut off, you know. So that to some extent, it's almost like they shut off being a kid. I I know a couple kids that are on them, and it's just kind of you know I knew them before and I knew them after, and it's like you know, sure you know it's like yeah, they, they, get numb. they listen now and all that, and they're doing better in school, but you know they they're not they're they're missing something at the same time. A hundred percent, and um, you know something that uh, you know I've never heard anybody say this before, but. I think that it's it's almost poetic the way that it worked out. But in the Matrix, in the movie The Matrix, there's a scene where Morpheus is uh, giving Neo the decision: you can choose the red pill or the blue pill. 
And, you know, the red pill takes you down the rabbit, the rabbit hole and the blue pill makes you just forget about everything and go back to the, you know, frustrated way of living. And the, the funny thing is, is that the most popular ADHD meds are blue pills. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like, is Viagra I mean, a blue I, pill too? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that, you know, that the uh, the directors of the movie in any way created that purposefully. I mean, I don't know, but um, I always thought that that was a funny connection because it, it it makes so much sense. I mean, they go so well together. The idea of just you know forgetting everything and going back to the uh, the the Russell and Bustle way of living. Um, versus, you know, exploring new routes and, and maybe not being able to go back to the old way of, of living and the old way of thinking. So, you know, that was just something interesting. But, uh, you know, anyways, I, like I said, in the very beginning of this uh, podcast, I was somebody who was taking all of these drugs and I was, you know, becoming extremely unhealthy and I needed to find a way out. And that's whenever I went to the Meditation Center of Alabama and I met Dr. Nina Nimitz, who is the lady who is sitting in the meditation posture right next to me in this picture. And this is me uh, whenever I had shorter hair. So not sure if you'll be able to recognize very well, but that is me. And after practicing meditation for a few weeks, uh, I really began to feel like like I'm getting it and, and it's making sense and I'm finding a way to practice outside of the meditation class, like in the morning whenever I wake up or at nighttime before bed, and it's actually helping me. And so, you know, that's whenever I began to uh, wean myself off of the meds because I could see, you know, I, you know these these meds, at first, I thought they were giving me a superpower, but once I learned meditation, it's sort of like I realized that the meds weren't giving me anything that wasn't already inside of myself. I just didn't necessarily know that I had the power that I had. And that's something that you know a lot of people uh, who are taking HD, ADHD medications, I think they really need to hear that because I hear it from so many people that it's it's like a magic pill or that that it allows you to accomplish amazing things and certainly yes it does but it doesn't mean that you didn't have that ability to accomplish amazing things within you already you just didn't find the way you know to do it on your own just yet you know so that's what meditation has done for me and and meditation i mean at the meditation center of alabama we help uh, you know, so many people with, uh, you know, with drug addictions or, or maybe alcoholism or, you know, depression, anxiety. There are so many ways that meditation, you know, from a medical standpoint can be highly beneficial. So this was uh, the lecture that I gave. I was invited to speak at the University of South Alabama. Uh, and I was sponsored by the Meditation Center of Alabama. Um, and I was uh, invited to speak by Dr. Nina because she knew my story 
And she knew that I could be helpful to other people. So I spoke to people at the university for you know around 40 minutes, and it was just an unbelievable presentation. And, uh, and, and I spoke a little bit about my book. This is actually The Power of Meditation, Beginner's Techniques for Higher Levels of Energy, Focus, and Creativity. This is the second version of my book. It actually just came out uh, a few weeks ago. I had just completed the second edition, and so I need to update it back on my website. But uh, if you, I believe if you go on Amazon, which is where you would find it, uh, that it will be the updated version with uh, lots of extra uh, information inside of it. Is that the only place to get the book? I know we've had some authors um, direct direct our listeners away from Amazon because they get better margins through their personal website or things like that. You know, um, as of right now, Amazon is the only way. And, you know, eventually down the road, I'm going to, uh, you know, be able to get it on my website at forestneal.com. Uh, but it's just at this moment, I have so much stuff that I have going on that it's really hard to focus on that. And really, I should pay somebody to do that. But, uh, you know, for right now, Amazon's totally fine. You know, I'm I'm really I, I don't want to sound like uh, like I'm taking a a higher perspective or anything like that. But. You know, I mean, the money to me right now isn't really like what I'm focused on. I'm I'm really focused on just sending this information to as many people as possible, however I can do that. And I wrote the book, and that's one way that we can do it. But uh, you know, many people like podcasts and and documentaries and and visual and audio stuff. So you know, that's why I like doing stuff like this, uh, where you know I can sort of give people. A lot of the info that's in the book, but you know, maybe in a different way that they prefer listening to it. So this photo, if you see on the screen, is a her name is Kana, and she is a uh, news reporter for a uh, very large television broadcasting network in Thailand. And I was interviewed by her because she had watched my lecture and and she uh, asked me all sorts of questions you know about my experiences and and how I've you know benefited from meditation because where she's from in Thailand you know meditation it's sort of like uh, you know brushing your teeth you know it's like you know of course you do it um, you know for for many people I should say it's it's sort of like just an everyday thing you know but they they really like hearing the American perspective, you know, because, um, you know, America is very different, but being able to find a way to relate back to uh, back to what their practice is with meditation, it's sort of like we're forming a connection, you know, with each other. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's just it's very, very cool stuff. Um, I've been interviewed a few times. This is at the Georgia Meditation Center in Atlanta. So I've been I interviewed like a few times there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was it's growing very, my very hair Canadian. out at this time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm here in Alabama, so <laughs> we, 
we're it's it's actually pretty cold right now. I mean, I'm sure it's freezing in Canada, but no, it's warm here. But, it's weird. We don't even have any snow yet. It's supposed. Oh my to, gosh. It got real cold at the beginning of the year, and then it's been. Uh, it's been beautiful. It's been beautiful. Yeah, it like, looks like it's coming to an end in the next couple of days. Really cold at the beginning of January this year. <laughs> it's probably going to be. Yeah, it's probably going to be brutally cold in January. Yeah, I think it's I'm probably colder to, there than here right now. I'm going to have to come, you know, to Canada sometime. Where are you guys in Canada? We're just uh, just outside of Calgary, Alberta. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, because, I mean, I live in Mobile, Alabama, which is on the Gulf Coast. We're, we're you know, right on the water, basically. And it snowed here for the first time in 20 years uh, last Sunday, or last Saturday, I think. So it's... We just had the warmest day uh, for December 10th or something like that in 132 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which makes That's you gotta... think it's global warming, but I wonder if they were saying that 132 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? They, they probably... were because they knew it was an ice age like 11,000 years ago, probably back if they then. were celebrating it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably got something to do with the Earth's tilt or uh, <laughs> something to do with, uh, uh, you know, Graham's, Graham and Randall's work. You know, I'm sure it's got something to do with them. Yeah, I'm trying to say Graham's calves. Yeah, <laughs> Graham's calves are blocking out the sun. No, that'd be making it colder. All right, let's change the subject. So what, so do you get any, uh, did you go through any scientific studies and stuff like that in the book for the book? <laughs> um actually in my presentation which you can watch on my website uh my lecture if you go to forestneal.com slash lectures you can scroll to the bottom one and you can watch my lecture that i gave and i did speak about a few studies there's a study at harvard uh that has uh you know basically concluded that meditation actually changes the way that your brain is structured and the way that it functions. It's an unbelievably, uh, you know, important study to come out and to uh, validate the benefits of meditation and, and for it to be at such a prestigious university like Harvard. Uh, it's, it's, it really sets a, uh, a standard or like a big checkpoint for you know people in the meditation community to you know to share that you know what we're doing like we're we're actually benefiting from it and there's there's something to gain from sitting by yourself quietly and just doing nothing for a while you know as contrary to belief as that might sound you know doing nothing for a little while is actually very helpful and like I said, through Harvard, uh, there have been studies showing that it changes the way that your brain is wired and how uh, it functions, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, there's also a guy, uh, I can't remember his name, he was a monk. Uh, there, there will be many people who uh, know his name. It's, uh, this is it, it's Matthew Richard. And, uh, I believe he was a um, he, he was a doctor. He was a scientist, but he uh, you know became a Buddhist monk and is was essentially given the title of being the happiest man alive. 
and how they, you know, how they came to this idea was that they were measuring uh, his brain waves. I believe it was through an fMRI, or it might have been just through an EEG. But he was able to control the part of his brain uh, that stimulates feelings of peace, relaxation, and happiness in a way that that science has never seen before. So he was given the title of the world's happiest man. And, you know, you can totally research stuff on that. That's that's very, very cool stuff. That sounds like a pretty good title to have. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes I, I feel like the world's happiest man. I have moments. Yeah. Yes, yes, we all do. You know, for 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 those moments, we are certainly. But so uh, very recently, I gave a uh, meditation workshop where Dr. Nina and I collaborated. So for me, this is one of the biggest steps for uh, validating my personal message, because to have somebody like her who's uh, you know, putting her name next to me, and we're we're both speaking. It's it's uh, it 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 really is. It's very helpful whenever you can share that you know that you work with doctors and that you know you give presentations, you know, universities, and it it just sounds like you really care about what you're studying, and that that you have put a lot of effort into it, and that you're trying to make it as legitimate as possible, and uh, and that's. That's what I really wanted to do because there's a lot of spiritual cloud behind meditation and there's a lot of, you know, woo-woo stuff. But I really needed to collaborate with someone who is a medical professional so that I could show people that you don't have to necessarily do the spiritual practice of meditation to benefit from it in a huge way. There's many other ways. But so uh, we gave the... Uh, lecture at the University of South Alabama again only a few weeks ago and we've we've had great feedback from it uh, there's How often several is well they're they're not exactly scheduled dr. Nina is actually in Thailand right now and she's on like a three-week meditation retreat uh, to gain some more training for when she comes back but they're they're so they're not exactly scheduled, but um, I typically do a few a year. But this coming up year, I really want to ramp it up, and I want to try to do at least three uh, lectures or presentations, uh, you know, before before March. So those will be uh, those will be very interesting. I'm going to go into a, a little bit of deeper stuff. Uh, than I'll than what I will be uh, presenting to you guys right now, but uh, it will be very interesting nonetheless. Yeah, when you know, send us the dates because we've definitely got uh, quite a few listeners down on the Gulf Coast there. That that's excellent. Okay, so so actually, before so, you go ahead, out that was I was going to say that's like my main hang up is you know is like. I'll sit on the couch and watch an episode of Planet Earth for the 50th fucking time while I'm playing on my computer, <laughs> doing something that, you know, is semi-important, but probably not really that important, you know, tweak, you know, messing around with something, Grimerica, or killing time, probably, because I'm too stubborn to go to bed until, until 11 o'clock. It's like my bedtime, um, which is probably <laughs> yeah. later than it should be, but 
yeah, whatever. Um, but you know, for some reason, I just feel like just taking that time to go and do nothing is wasting it. You know what? I was just going to ask him kind of like, there's a, there is a point when you start doing that, you will crave it. You will crave that. I, and I don't, it's not like I always crave it, but I've had moments where I just crave that quiet, do nothing time. No, 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 no. no. When, when you have the opportunity to do it, you'll crave it. So I was going to ask, you know, I was going to ask Forrest if he noticed that when he started meditating, like craving that, that experience of just being quiet and still, with, I still no, with do. nothing going on. And then, and then also I wanted to ask you before you get in this presentation, well, actually I, I shouldn't distract you too much, but we talk about it in our, in our group. There's a, a drop after 20 minutes. So like they call it the drop where you kind of sink into a deeper state and it usually happens between 18 and 22 minutes. Have you, have you guys, have you guys noticed that I've as well? I've never gotten anywhere near that. Unless smoking giant joints counts. <laughs> hey, you know, that, that, is there anything that you need to do? No. But, uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's different for everybody. If you are experienced in meditation, then honestly, you can, that drop that you're talking about, it's, it's almost like it's instantaneous if you are experienced. Okay. So, yeah. The, the moment that you begin meditating, if you are somebody who's been doing it, you know, regularly, it's sort of like just opening, you know, opening and going next door, you know, versus uh, going down the street and, you know, going to some destination, you know, it's just right there. Um, and go ahead. Well, I bet you that that uh, relaxation techniques you talked about helps you get to that drop quicker. I bet you that drop is something to do with your body not being relaxed as you start. Absolutely. Yes, that, that definitely does have a lot to do with it. But, you know, as far as like the whole 20 minutes goes, I mean, I would agree with that. I would say that, uh, you know, for, for the most part uh, that, you know, during like a guided meditation, um, 20 minutes is usually the time when the person who's doing the guided meditation will sort of stop talking and that there will be like a silence. And, uh, you know, usually by that time, most new people, you know, you can see them They're They're sort of getting into it. Maybe, maybe a few people, you know, not all the way, but 20 minutes is 15, 20 minutes. It's sort of like a sweet spot where you've, you've, uh, you've allowed yourself to relax away from a lot of the really big stuff that that's on your mind. And now like 15, 20 minutes in, it's sort of just like, uh, you know, the small little details of things that, you know, that are coming to your mind, um, you know, and, and I'm obviously, you know, some people may not necessarily know uh, exactly what I'm speaking about, but it, it's just, you know, during the meditation, you know, the thoughts that come to your mind are, you know, they say a lot about you as a person. And, and typically, you know, the, the, first thoughts that you have whenever you're trying to relax are the thoughts that are most preventing you from relaxing. Mm -hmm. And then when you get past those thoughts, there are, you know, small little details like, oh, I wish I, you know, did this and said this to this person and, you know, a long time ago. And, you know, it's just small stuff, but it's easy to let go of those small things. So, but to answer your question about craving that uh calm and relaxation there's uh it, i mean it still happens like there's there's times when i'll go outside and 
um, and I can there will be no clouds in the sky and the sun will be out and I will just be feeling the rays from the sun and and I just I have to stop whatever I'm doing and face towards the sun and close my eyes and just take a few deep breaths and it it's just it just feels amazing so I definitely still have uh, those those cravings and and that's you know you're gonna have those you know for the rest of your life you know it, because that's that's sort of like the most enjoyable state to be in you know just that very calm and happy and confident, relaxed Blissful. state of mind. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's get through your, uh, get that presentation going there. What is meditation? Yeah, absolutely. So meditation is like doing a bicep curl for nice. your brain. Yes. So this is a great way to, you know, that I've used to uh, share information with like uh, with personal trainers and, you know, people who understand working out it's it's very relatable in terms of meditation. So uh, the exercise is you know like doing a bicep curl, lifting the weight up and up and down, back and forth. It's sort of like we are allowing our thoughts to uh, come as they will, and while they are coming, we are you know performing our relaxing practice, but. Once we notice that the thoughts have sort of, you know, taken over, that's sort of like when your arm is completely outstretched and it's time again to pull the weight backwards. So that's whenever you notice, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm not relaxing anymore, so I need to pull this attention back to myself and relax again and perform the relaxation technique. All right. And I uh, these these are a few people who, you know, highly advocate meditation. I mean, you know, these are some of the most well-known people in the world. You All know, right. like Steve Jobs Let's see who and can, Let's see how many I can name. Oh. All right. Steve Jobs, <laughs> Russell Brand, Will Smith, Oprah Winfrey. Uh Graham. Oh, the Beatles? Paul McCartney. Oh, the Beatles? Is there Paul McCartney in there? Phone a friend? Graham, you got one? Yes. Yes, Paul McCartney. Who's a basketball player? Is that LeBron James? Yes, and that is him meditating in the middle of the NBA finals that he actually won. I was wow. going to, if I nice. got that wrong, oof, there would have been problems. <laughs> yes. I don't and know who is Quin Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. No. Who's the lady? Is that, that not Quincy is, Jones? That's Giselle. That's the most popular, most widely successful Victoria's Secret model that's ever lived. <laughs> That's Tom Brady's wife. That's right. And, and, is, uh, and who's the guy with the sharp suit and the bow tie? That is Russell uh, Russell Simmons, and he is a uh, very widely successful entrepreneur. He's created so many brands, uh, like um, like uh, Fat Farms. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but that's uh, that's a pretty you know widely successful brand. Um, and you know he's he's just a business magnet, and you know he's made lots of money. And also the man right above him, uh, who's wearing like the denim shirt, that is Ray Dalio, who is uh, who has led the the hedge fund 
in charge of the most amount of money in the whole world. So, and, and he actually says that without meditation, his success would not have been possible. And that's what, I mean, that's what a lot of these people are saying, you know, and, and these are only a few people. There are so many people that are coming out and saying like meditation is something like it's, it's actually pretty cool. Um, and you know, we can benefit from it. And, and a lot of them are saying like, I wouldn't be the success that I am without it. And, and it's just like how I was saying LeBron, you know, there's the picture of him and he's meditating right there, you know, just eyes closed, taking deep breaths while he's sitting during a timeout. I remember watching this on TV. He was, uh, you know, this was like, like 50 seconds left in the game. And I think they were, they were down or something. It was very close. Um, but he, you know, returned to his meditative practice and they actually, uh, as far as I can remember, I'm pretty confident that he actually did end up, end up winning that game. But I know that overall they did end up winning those finals whenever, uh, you know, in this series where he's seen meditating. There's, there's, there's lots of, you know, other professional athletes, uh, you know, who advocate for it. So, I, well, yeah, you know what? You know who used to do it all the time is uh, the little short player like you, the hockey player, Martin St. Louis. Oh, yeah? He used to always, I remember because that bastard He's beat still us. He's still taller than me, probably. He beat us in the finals. Oh, did he? And he would go out when everyone else was doing their warm-ups, he goes out and meditates. Oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I like how people aren't, aren't afraid to do it anymore. Like, there's no stigma around it. It's not looked down upon anymore it's like it's a it's a, it's acknowledged and accepted that that's a legitimate way to get into the zone or whatever you're doing yeah i'd say it is now where yoga was five 20 years, years ago, ago 20 years ago, ago. 20 yeah 20 years ago 20 years ago i didn't know what the fuck yoga was that's well you you're just finding out about meditation so it's about 20 it's about right <laughs> oh stop it. you know it's a it's a great it's actually a great point that you brought up about yoga because meditation, technically, the half lotus position is a yoga position. It's actually just one that you would stay in for much, much longer. Than, Do you have uh, to be in that position? Is that a prerequisite? Um, no, you can you can sit in a chair. I've sat in a chair and meditated before several times. I mean, if you have you know if you have issues with your legs or your hips or whatever. Sitting in your in chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and of course, you know, if none of that works, you could also try the uh, sensory deprivation chambers, which I've tried. And, you know, they're they're unbelievable, too. Like they're I'm going to speak more about them, you know, in my next presentation, you know, that I was telling you guys about. It's just like the next level, you know. So but what I was saying about the yoga stuff is that yoga is uh, meditation the half lotus position is a yoga position. And this slide that I have on the screen is the Pareto principle. And it's sort of like, um, Oh, I know that what? one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, what are the small amount of tasks that I can do that give me the most results or like, what's the most important thing for me to do that if I just did that, you know, I really wouldn't have to worry about much else. You know, I wouldn't have to worry about the small details. And it's Ooh, sort of like... I didn't know like, about that aspect of it, actually. I was I was more familiar with the, like, 
like so many like, so many employees uh, 20% like one, of your employees are like, responsible for half of yeah, your it's productivity like 10% or, or 5% of your employees are responsible for that kind of percent or yeah. some 80% of your productivity so what he's relating it to is 20% of whatever you do is responsible for 80% of the results. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a, that's correct. Yes. Um, and, and in particular, these are a few different yoga positions. Um, you know, you have legs on the wall, downward facing dog, the mountain child's pose and the Lotus, just like I was talking about. I can do if three you... of those. <laughs> Comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, these are all different yoga positions that are meant to handle stress, but if you notice, the one that's in the middle is the meditation position. It's the lotus position. It is the 20%. That that one position is the greatest thing that you could do to put yourself in a posture where you are in a relaxed state of mind. So... So that sitting in a chair, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so sitting in a chair, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, it it's it's helpful, you know. But the main difference is blood flow. When when you're in the lotus position, your legs are uh, laying on top of one another in a way where blood can flow freely from your brain, you know, through your body to your toes and back without being constricted. So it's the best way for you to just feel the relaxing flow of energy moving up and down your body, you know, simply by not having to be distracted by uh, your, you know, your leg falling asleep or there might be, uh, you know, a pain in your lower back or something like that. The lotus position is absolutely by far the position, if you can do it, uh, the one that will give you the greatest chance of having a relaxing experience. But if you have to sit in a chair, that's totally acceptable. Just try to keep your legs at a 90 degree angle. Uh, don't stretch them out forward or put them under uh, your kneecaps, like towards the bottom of the chair. Just try to put them straight down from where your knees are extended out from the chair. Okay, good to know. I should just really work on my flexibility. <laughs> All right, so these are just a few. <laughs> it you know it's it's really whatever works for you man but um so these are just some of the benefits and i'll just go over these very quickly this uh, meditation can help you to reduce pain and enhance your body's immune system which i don't know if you guys know who wim hoff is but He's done some unbelievable things through meditation uh, to increase his body's immune system. He's been able to uh, fight off viruses that were administered to him through, uh, you know, by by researchers, and he was able to fight them off these viruses uh, by using meditation techniques. So that's you know that's. It's it's very interesting, and I would highly uh, recommend that you look that guy up. He's a great inspiration for what I do. Didn't he climb uh, Everest so, in his shorts or something too? Yes, yeah, I and mean, yes, and you know he's ran marathons in the desert with no water, and 
you know, I mean, the list just goes on and on for what this guy's accomplished. You should try and do uh, that, girl. <laughs> so just a few uh, more of these benefits. It reduces your stress, increases your energy, and provides a sense of calm, peace, and balance. And, and a really big one, uh, it increases blood flow and slows the heart rate, and, and it helps reverse heart disease. So these are these are benefits that you can experience you know, medically just, you know, through meditation. This is not talking about how how you will be more creative or more focused or, you know, whatever else that you would like to attribute your practice towards. These are the benefits that you will gain just by learning to practice this on top of whatever you choose to use it for. What about, is there any longevity studies that you live longer or anything like that? You know, Whenever it comes to, um, you know, meditation, it's, I have to say that that would be a study that, um, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm not aware of a study that, that really validates that because I think if that study came out, that would be like an unbelievably huge finding to come out with. But I mean, it's sort of believed within the community and, uh, you know, within, you know, people who practice it, you know, throughout their whole lives that, um, it extends the amount of life that, you know, that you're going to have. And of course, you know, thing accidents are going to happen and, you know, we never know when, you know, things it's just going to be the end. But, um, I would say that most certainly it it limits the amount of things that could kill you. So in that way, yes. But as far as an official study, uh, that remains to be seen. But I would almost certainly, um, you know, believe that it does. It'd probably be tough so, to control because I would imagine most people that are meditating on a regular basis are probably, and this this might come off as pretentious i don't i guess i don't meditate so it can't be pretentious but i imagine they're just healthier lifestyles in general i strike it like most people i know that meditate or maybe exercise a little more regularly eating a little healthier things like that yeah i mean you know it, it's different for everyone it's sort of like you're you're giving yourself the attention that that you uh you're you're giving yourself a level of attention that just through your day-to-day stuff you you wouldn't be able to have so you you be, you begin to notice more about how you feel whenever you're eating certain foods like you know you might feel tired or you might feel like crap after you eat a donut or or a whole box of them um or you know for like me you know I'm after I started meditating, you know, to be quite honest, um, you know, my drinking has gone down a lot, you know, because I drink like maybe one beer or maybe half a beer. And I just, I get, I just, I, I don't know how, um, I, I mean, I get a headache and I don't necessarily enjoy it, you know, as much as I did. And, and that's just me, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone else, you know, might be different, but basically I've just formed a, uh, a very low tolerance for noticing whenever, you know, things are changing inside of me. So I would agree, you know, typically people are living healthier lifestyles. 
because you just give yourself a lot more attention to how you're feeling, you know. Yeah, exactly. You 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 you're more cognizant of, you know, probably your regrets after a night of hard drinking. Not only that, but you yeah. just feel better naturally, and I you don't want to go back to that space where you're fucked up unnaturally. Or that's the way I feel, anyways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that, that's count, a great though. point. <laughs> no, that's that's a great point to make. It's it's something that you just learn over time. But so after practicing meditation, you know, for a while, I really became interested in how I could, you know, apply it in my daily life. And and so if you look at the two people standing on the right side of me, it's a lady and an older gentleman. And that is Dr. Kent and Dr. K. Welsh. And they are retired psychologists who lead a meditation class at the meditation center. But their class is a little more advanced. So I began going to their classes and uh, I, in their class, got the strange idea that I really want to put to the test my ability to meditate and to relax and be calm and happy at any moment that I want, like literally any moment, like during the middle of a test or during the middle of, you know, the rush hour during, you know, when I was working, uh, you know, at, at restaurants or, you know, I wanted to be able to break through all of the chaos that I was surrounded with and find a happy moment of peace, you know, um, while, while I'm being surrounded by all that chaos. And, and going to their class, I had a realization, you know, of, of like the perfect thing that I could do that would really validate my ability to uh, to prove it to myself that this meditation technique really works and really to prove it to others. Mm. Cool. So, so I this peaceful. this. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, this is me meditating in the median of the busiest street in Mobile, Alabama. It's called Airport Boulevard. It's like where all the malls are. It's where all the restaurants are, you know, everything. And uh, I would go at the busiest hours, you know, in the median and meditate for, you know, an hour or two hours. And this was at 7 a.m. So this was like when everyone's, you know, going to work and you're in their cars and they're in there, you know, get ready for this, you know, this horrible day or, you know, for whatever it is, you know, for a lot of those people, I'm sure like they're really excited. But, you know, I know for a lot of those people, they're really stressing that it's Monday and it's seven o'clock in the morning um, and, and they have to go to work. But I'm in the middle of all of that and I'm reaching relaxing states of mind. I mean, these people are driving 40, 45 miles an hour, you know, only a few feet away from me. And the way that this photo was taken, it, it makes the median look a lot bigger than it actually was. But, you know, if I stretched my arm out and I leaned in the direction that I was stretching my arm, I could basically touch the gravel of the road where these cars are driving. So they're very, very close to me. I'm feeling the wind blow off of the car and, and hit me. 
and you know there's the smells of restaurants in the air and you know um you know people are honking at me and 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 saying things to me like yelling out of their windows <laughs> um and compliments and, mostly or oh you know i live in the south so you know i get a lot of you know people saying like jesus saves and <laughs> lots of lots of um lots of stuff that people think you know i'm doing something that goes against their beliefs but you know that's it's completely uh the opposite i mean meditation you could totally incorporate it into christian beliefs or you know whatever beliefs that you have it's it's getting closer you know to who you really are and that forms a stronger bond with you and your spiritual practice but you know anyways uh, I I'm distracted by so much surrounding me externally and there are lots of internal distractions that I have that you know we all deal with like like I was saying earlier thinking about things that people said to me that make me feel bad or um, thinking about what I'm going to you know say to my my really stressful boss whenever I go to work you know later you know later in the day and, you know, of course, there was also the thought, like, you know, what would the people who know me think if they saw me meditate, you know, for however long in the middle of the street like this? I mean, you know, they sort of people in the South meditation is is just now breaking out into the South. So this is this is very new. I mean, so there there's a lot of people that I had to worry about, like, you know, who were going to say things to me, like, I, I saw you, you know, sitting in the middle of the street, like, you look like an idiot, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I, I, I almost thought the same way, too. Like, whenever the idea came to my mind, I was, I was thinking, like, why is it that meditating in the middle of the street is the answer? And, and it's almost like, Whenever I first sat down, I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I ended up, the first time that I did it, having one of the most unbelievable experiences that I could ever describe to you guys, you know, through meditation. It was, uh, it was unbelievably powerful. Once I, once I got through all the anxiety of being where I was, it's, it's almost like I was swimming in an ocean you know everything was just is it was just all together and you know i you know there are there are service roads that uh lead to these main roads where you know you see people driving in the direction you know backwards and then driving in the direction forwards there are service roads that lead to these uh these main roads and i relaxed so well and and I was at peace and I could notice the the uh, the patterns of the traffic that were going by so I could notice when it was a line of traffic at the main light that was uh, driving past me and also when it was just people getting off on the service road and it was a much smaller group than people who were in line. Uh, for the from the main road so it's sort of like i began to notice the structure of the traffic that i was surrounded by 
and and going on a larger and larger scale i begin to notice the the patterns and the structure of you know the way that the earth rotates around the sun and the way that uh, the way that the sun spirals around the Milky Way and the way that, you know, we're all just allegedly. sort of in the middle of, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> the way that we're all just sort of in the middle of this gigantic symphony that's taking place. And, and, and there's so yeah. much. Yeah. There's, there's so much that's going on right now at this very moment that we have no idea about, that we, our minds, we can't comprehend how much is going on outside of, you know, what's going on just right now. So that's you know, interesting what we're to me because, because that really sounds similar to like a, an so LSD or a psilocybin experience where you can kind of step outside yourself and start taking a look at. I mean, I remember times when I was on on LSD, like even being able to see like the thought processes and mannerisms and little like fucking goofy little anecdotes and twitches that my friends had, you know what I mean? And you could almost see like the repetition of their body motions and fucking like seeing bigger patterns. Yeah, exactly. Or stepping back. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he's, he's discussing being able to do in the middle of the freeway. Yeah. I don't think I could do it in the middle of the freeway on acid. Well, I couldn't do it at all. My acid days are behind well, me. Well, and imagine the effect you had on other people just seeing you and, and seeing how relaxed you are in the middle of that chaos. And maybe, maybe you affected people to just try relax themselves. I mean, maybe a bunch of people yeah. took a deep breath that day and that's all it takes to bring a little bit more awareness to, to their situation. You know, if, if you can just sit there peacefully in the middle of all that, then maybe that triggered yeah. a bunch of other people to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, there were many people I've, I've done this several times where I'll meditate in the, in the middle of the street for hours at a time. And, and there will be lots of people who the meditation center is very close to where I'm meditating in this picture. So there will be lots of people who would see me and then they would go to the meditation center and they would talk to the people who, I mean, these, you know, these are people who have never tried meditation before, never, you know, didn't really know a whole lot about it, but they see me and they're immediately intrigued and then they go to the meditation center and they begin uh, you know asking questions and learning more and 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 maybe even begin practicing and and you know to be honest that really wasn't what my goal was like i didn't do this to get attention or anything like that like it was it was really to figure out myself and to figure out like what this what meditation really is and, and, you know, just like how you were describing, you know, with, with, you know, the LSD experiences, uh, it's, it's almost exactly like that. And a lot of, uh, you know, I would say that meditation, LSD is like taking an elevator up to, you know, the highest level, like, you know, to the orbit of the earth and you're having this great perspective of everything that's going on around you. But once you take the elevator, you know, you have to come down, whereas, and, and you come down quickly, but through meditation, it's like taking the stairway up to the great perspective that you had, just like when you were on LSD, but it takes much longer for you to come down that stairwell once you've gone all the way up. And so you experience the whole, uh, 
calm, relaxed, and widely aware state of mind for a long time. I mean, you you begin to implement that idea of of being in a large awareness into your daily life. You know, you know, because I I mean I've done LSD before, and you know I've I've experienced that, and I mean I enjoyed it. But, you know, I wanted to find a way to have similar experiences that maybe weren't as frightening <laughs> at times. And, and you know, of course, you know, I can't be taking a psychedelic that lights my brain up like a light bulb for the rest of my life, you know. So, so uh, you know, I it's another reason why I became interested in meditation because it gave me – uh, the same perspective as whenever I was on LSD, but it allowed me to maintain that perspective, you know, for weeks, months, you know, for as long as I'm practicing meditation, it's a, it's like one continuous, I, I mean, I guess to relate it, it would be like one continuous trip that just never ends, but it's much more manageable. It's much more enjoyable and you can benefit from it much greater than, you know, taking a drug. And it's just much more, um, much more, uh, advised by medical professionals. Currently. Right on. All I right, think psilocybin's so, making a comeback, baby. Yeah, probably much. Maybe not probably. LSD, not LSD, but psilocybin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You know, I, I, you know, I'm definitely not somebody who wants to shut down the effectiveness of psychedelics because they have opened up a world to me that would not have been possible without them. But um, there is certainly a way that you can have a very similar experience uh, without, you know, without the whole anxiety of the experience, you know, while you're, you know, you're tripping. So I, uh, the, the, I began meditating a lot in the middle of the street and I wanted to find a way to show other people that this actually works and that it's not just me fooling myself and that there's actually something going on in my brain that is different from whenever I'm just in a normal wake state of mind where we're just like having a conversation, you know, um, I was able to show, uh, I was able to measure my brain waves while I was meditating in the middle of the street. And I was able to do it with a product called the Muse Meditation Brain Sensing Headband. And it's essentially a mobile EEG machine that, like I said, allows you to measure your brain waves. And by putting myself in the extremely chaotic circumstance of you know, sitting in the middle of the street, cars passing by you, uh, smells food in the air, thinking about what people would think if they saw me, all that stuff. I was able to show that in that state, in, in that circumstance, I was still for the majority of the time able to remain in a relaxed and restful state of mind. And, and so you can see if you look on uh, these, these, uh, these charts, it's divided into three sections, the active state of mind, which is really like the uh, – That's probably the, where I spend most of my day. <laughs> that's where most people spend most of their day. 
that is um, that's that's generally like when you know you're having a conversation with somebody or when you are actively working on something or just you know when you're in an active state of mind. And then the other two, yes, contemplating. The other two are the neutral and calm states of mind. And and so neutral is sort of like in between, like almost relaxing, but you know not necessarily at that level just yet, but the calm is where you are definitely in a deep and relaxed state. And, you know, if you notice, you know, there are, there are at certain points, some pretty big spikes going up and down in the neutral and the calm areas. And this is where people would honk their horns at me and I would just be shocked up for a second, but then I would immediately go straight back down into a calm and relaxed state of mind. That's really interesting. I imagine there's a lot of honks. (laughs) Well, you know, it depends on the time of day and, you know, (laughs) whenever, um, you know, whatever people are feeling like. But uh, I think, you know, people, the thing is they like to get as close as they can to me before they honk because they really want to see me like jump. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I've just gotten to the point where I sort of expect it now. So it will, it will make me sort of have to, um, it will wake me up and make me have to like go back to my practice and relax again, but I don't jump anymore. Like I once did. And, and the fact that I'm not jumping whenever a car is like five feet away from me going 40 miles an hour and honking their horn at me is like, I mean, it's almost like that's not the way things should be, but that just, tells you how much I have trained my mind to do these things. And by the way, I'm somebody who supposedly needed ADHD medications in order to function in society like a normal person. You know, I was somebody who this is, this is just to be able to relax. You know, I I remember it, you know, just to be able to relax. It was incredibly difficult. I mean, I always needed to be doing something like always moving constantly, uh, you know, talking or thinking or, you know, never a moment of just chilling and, and, and just doing nothing, nothing. And it was just, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say it's, it's, it shows you a good example of how uh, much potential there is with this and a lot of people, right. And healing and, and, there's doctors now getting involved, which is great. I mean, I've heard a couple other doctors trying to get people um, off, of, off of medication resolution. through cognitive, you know, stuff and, and meditation. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day, too, a couple of our Reiki teachers here in Calgary, like my Reiki teacher's a doctor. And I know another uh, doctor, a psychiatrist who started out in, um, in the you know, in the spiritual type meditation stuff. So there's a really, there's a real, like, cross-discipline thing happening here and. I think what you're doing is really important work. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much, you know, because it's it's um, it, it's so meaningful to me to see people who come to meditation class and who have just unbelievable experiences. Like we were talking about the lady before uh, this podcast started. It was a lady who had had lots of, uh, you know, emotional issues going on with her life. And, uh, you know, for for very good reasons, you know, I mean, she was a she was a veteran. So she had seen a lot of things. She had a lot of uh, PTSD and anxiety, Uh, but she had never come to the meditation center. This was her first time. And this was earlier today. 
this was like right before this podcast started. So she comes to the meditation class, uh, begins meditating, and towards the end of the meditation where we're coming back to the um, to the aware state of mind where you know our eyes are open and we're stretching and we're beginning to stand up, she I can I can hear her whimpering and crying and you know I'm thinking like you know what's going on you know something something really big must be happening and and so she walks up uh, stands up and walks out of the room and you know I I thought like I mean did we do something wrong or you know it is I, I mean I really didn't think we did anything wrong because all we were doing is just sitting around doing nothing but but uh, you know, I was very interested. I was going to go speak with her after uh, the meditation, but she ended up coming back before the meditation ended. Um, and and afterwards, she got everybody in the room's attention, and and she just thanked every single person in the room who she really didn't even know, and and she thanked them and she let them know how much of a great experience that she had. You know, and she's got tears rolling down her eyes while she's giving this speech to people, and 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 to have to help people like that, and to help people who are in a situation, it's very similar to mine. It's it's, I mean, it's just unbelievably meaningful work, and I'm so just thankful, you know, for what I do. You know, I, I really, I want to do this for my life. So, I, I greatly appreciate your kind words. It definitely seems like you found your calling and you're passionate about it. So um, I'm hoping yeah. some of our Southern listeners will, will come and check out one of your seminars and we'll, we'll have to have you back on again and we can do this again down the road and, and uh, keep in touch. And unfortunately we are just about out of time. Um, you know what? That's just fine. I was just about to ask you how we were doing. Um, you know, I wasn't able to get into the meditation techniques, but if, uh, if you can totally learn about that, um, by going to my website at forestneal.com and I have all of my information. I have my lectures and I have a, a short little course that you can follow that will, you know, if you're a complete beginner, will allow you to have a great meditation experience. It was is all engineered to give somebody who's never practiced before a great experience the first time that they tried it. So it's totally okay that we weren't able to go over that that information this time. Maybe next time, but it's totally you can totally find it by going to my website. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will, and of course, that'll be in the show notes as always. If people just swipe right or whatever they have to do to get to the show notes on their podcast playing app, the link will be right there. And uh, I would definitely like to. This went really well. We should do yeah. this again. Yeah, let's do it again after after one of his uh, newer presentations when he includes the. Uh, the sensory deprivation stuff and yeah, we'll get, into, we'll get into it again. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be the first of the new presentations that I'll be giving. So that will be, that will be, uh, you know, pretty early on in the beginning of the year. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Beautiful. Right on. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. We'll link to everything in the show notes and, um, you have yourself a good night. All right. Thank you uh, so much, guys. You're welcome. Take care. No, thank you. This 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 went uh, this went great. Like I said, I'd be happy to do this again down yeah. the road. Yeah, yeah, this was super. Okay, and we'll just say goodbye to everybody. Not only that, hopefully, uh, I'm sure you'll get some uh, some emails emails from um, 
some other shows after this as well. So, yeah, so, so if well. you don't mind if I share your email with some other hosts that I'm sure will contact me and, and try and get in touch with you. Absolutely, yes. You can you can totally do that. Perfect. Okay, well, awesome. Thanks, Forrest. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, what's that, Grow? I'm just, uh... Oh, the YouTube? Yeah. I'll shut that down after. Yeah. I've lost my cursor on the bottom screen, though. Sorry, I had to get on my phone a little bit this time too. There was a gas leak at home, so I had to deal with that a little bit. Is everyone okay? Yeah, everyone's okay. Right on. So big thanks to Forrest for coming on the show. He's another one of the... uh, the the guests that were a, a a listener that we just randomly stumbled upon because of the John Anthony West fundraiser, and uh, yeah, we can do just the outro turns out to be fantastic. This is yeah. the outro. We're yeah, doing we the outro do right now. Now it's too late. Now it's happening. So just get on board. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fantastic. I needed some more inspiration for meditation as well. So I'm thinking uh, this might have been the inspiration I needed. Good. Right maybe on. I'll give it a whirl in the uh, new year. Over the Christmas yeah. break would be a good time to maybe try and do some relaxing. Yeah. I don't know. Good. So, um, we should do it together one day. In the, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll guide it. No. I'll guide it. No, no. No. You're not guiding me anywhere, bro. <laughs> Sorry. No offense. Uh, big thanks to the guys for coming into the live chat. Uh, which I'm shutting down right now, but yeah, that's uh, thanks to you guys for checking that out. It's always fun to have people in the live chat, uh, which we do from time to time sporadically. So it's best just to follow us on Twitter. It'll or, probably usually be Wednesdays, but it'll be yeah, it'll usually be on a Wednesday. But other than that, we don't really have any fucking idea. So it's best to just follow us on Twitter or be in the chats or or something like that. Because if you're not, uh, you might miss it. Right on. So, yeah, uh, check out grammaricaca slash support if you don't mind, guys, and uh, sign up for a monthly there if you can to help us keep having these chats without any commercials, any paywalls, any any bullshit like that. Uh, sign up for a monthly today. Do a one-time donation uh, if you can't afford to do that. There's a bunch of ways to support the show non-financially in the show notes. So uh, do all that shit. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.
downtrodden those who feel like they've hit the bottom God please let their lives blossom and bloom give me a good Thank you. 